The Money Show. Business Unusual. With Colin Cullis. Well, Business Unusual is brought to you by Workforce Staffing. Could a gig economy be key in tackling unemployment? Workforce Staffing's agile solutions do just that. Uh, Colin Cullis said the global shift toward electric vehicles is not something that we are taking terribly seriously in South Africa at the moment. I mentioned a number yesterday, I think it was, um, that of the 10 million electric vehicles in the world, 1,509 were in South Africa at the end of 2020. It's, it's not even scratching the surface of the paint. Uh, very true, Bruce. And uh, in fact, I, I caught that interview and thought, I'm going to try and give it a business unusual twist because there wasn't a whole lot to to be uh, too happy about when, when listening to that. So uh, what I did manage to come across, and it's quite an intriguing one, I won't say it's, it's definitive, uh, but the International Energy Agency put out a report at the beginning of the year stating, I'm going to say asking, if we've reached peak petrol. By your estimation, would you say we've definitely reached it and passed it? Because, of course, there's been this long time coming. When will we reach peak oil? Now, they're saying they haven't said we're going to reach peak oil. That's going to continue for quite some time as other more industrial uses of uh, uh, um, oil are used. But for gasoline, as it were, petrol specifically, that they think we've reached a peak. And they think we've reached it in 2018 already. So that's the good news. Um, the particular agency, it's a sort of an autonomous intergovernmental organization that was set up after the 1973 oil crisis for the OECD countries to sort of track how energy is used, etc. South Africa is one of the, the signatories and members, so they, they are assisting us too in suggesting how we best uh, get our energy mixes, etc. together. Don't know how well we're listening to them. But anyway, their, their um, uh, measurements for 2018 saw that there were 9.33 million barrels used per day in 2018. In 2019, we, we sort of held steady there, just didn't, didn't quite get quite up as high. In 2020, it dropped. And in 2021, they expected to climb again, but they don't see it climbing again to the point that it'll beat the 9.33 million. Now, that is kind of odd because generally you'd think, well, there's more people in the world and more people are getting more economically active so they can afford to buy vehicles. And so emerging markets, certainly there'll be more people who will buy vehicles and then they'll start using more petrol. And so surely we would exceed that, uh, that 2019 amount. But uh, both in the uh, developed sort of world, Europe and America, where there's quite a lot of cars already, uh, and in the emerging markets, certainly the large ones like China, which just dwarfs everything else, uh, that shift not only from petrol to electric will will result in it, but cars themselves, the electric, sorry, the uh, petrol using cars, the internal combustion engines, they're getting more and more efficient. And what 2020 gave us is a bit of a shift in uh, how we are doing more telecommuting or remote working. So they suspect there'll just be less people actually having to use cars for that reason. And then finally, a, a tipping point of sorts has been achieved with electric vehicles. And even though the, the total number of electric vehicles is low, the commitment by manufacturers is where the real shift has happened. They're pretty much shifting their focus for saying, are we designing new uh, and improved internal combustion engines? Or are we looking to say, we're going to just ride that out until basically the, the added um, costs and taxes that governments are going to be putting on those engines make it cheaper for them to say, double down on batteries, double down on motors, and switch to giving people that sort of thing. And I did check in with a, with a little poll ahead of the show. Uh, if if um, electric and petrol vehicles were the same price in South Africa, would people switch? 60% said yes, they would, although 25 of them said only when charging is ready, which is a very fair point, fair point. but 40% said, nope, petrol and diesel for me. So there is still obviously a lot of people who love the, I suppose, the sound of the engines or 
something they don't like about electric, which I don't quite get. But then for um, my money, the business unusual take would be to say, don't try and sell electric vehicles to um, South Africans, uh, private drivers at the moment. I would rather say we try and do it in the, in the public uh, transport sector. That's going to be a, a, lot, a lot smarter. But maybe as a step back to see how uh, the countries that were able uh, to make the switch, how did they go about doing it? And there the global leader is Norway. It's a relatively small car market. They've only got, well, under 5 million cars uh, compared to something like America, which has 275 million cars. Um, but they offered a, a very compelling list of incentives for you to want to get an electric car starting in the 90s. So to be fair, they have uh, been working at this for a long time, even when there were very few electric cars available. In fact, they were just these sort of crazy hybridy type things. Um, and they were looking to try and get to a target of 50,000 electric vehicles by 2017 by offering uh, no sales tax, no vehicle registration fees, no toll fees, no parking fees, and you're allowed to use the bus lanes. So basically, you can use electric vehicle, can use all of Norway's uh, road infrastructure free. Uh, and like I said, they were hoping to get to 50,000 electric vehicles by 2017. Uh, they overshot that by some margin. Uh, they have now over half a million uh, vehicles on the road, still only a small percentage of the total 5 million. Uh, but last year, over 50% of the new car sales were electric. And if you combined it with the hybrids, then over 70% of them weren't combustion models anymore. And so effectively, they have now started scaling back on those perks because once the shift has happened, the charging points are in place, people are used to them. They've gotten, you know, if, if you like the idea, I, I still have a hard time saying this sometimes, a, fr a frunk, I think is the, the, the correct thing because you don't have an engine stuck in the, in the bonnet or the front of your car. Um, the front trunk is now the front, so you've got some space to put your stuff in there, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And maybe the craziest thing about it... <laughs> if, you, if, you've, if you've had a drink and you wonder whether you can drive or not, you I have know. to just say frunk, yes. and then you know whether or not actually you're a danger to anybody else on the roads. I was beginning, I was beginning to trip up how I'm going to say this. As I was thinking, this word is coming, and at some point I have to say the word frunk. Yes, it does <laughs> take a bit. But, but the, the, the crazy thing with Norway is that this is a country that made its money from oil. Yet it is also the global leader to turn its back on it. Uh, and so, as, as I was saying, you know, with, uh, with, with the, sh the, the shifts that the um, International Energy Agency was saying, is that the, the, the greatest increase still for oil consumption will come from emerging markets as, as more people then uh, start using electricity. So, you know, more coal, et cetera, will be, will be needed to power those. And certainly China, India, and in Africa, there is, there is certainly a big dependency on that. And then as people become more economically active and can afford vehicles, there are either be motorbikes or, or cars uh, and more trucks, et cetera, uh, come onto the roads, uh, then there'll be, uh, you know, an increase in, in use for, for petrol, et cetera. But just to give a, a comparison for how the emerging markets are shifting as well. So I mentioned China. Uh, that is the, the, the world's largest um, fleet of electric vehicles. In fact, just China's electric vehicles is more than all of the cars in Norway combined. Uh, but that's still uh, you know, a small percentage of its total. They've got 287 million vehicles uh, and somewhere in the region of, I think, about 15, uh, sorry, 5 million uh, electric ones. Uh, the difference in, in China is, is the number of cars per thousand citizens. Now, in South Africa, we had 174 vehicles per thousand, while in China, it's 204. America is, rules the roost there, 276 million vehicles coming to about 842 cars per thousand citizens. Now, considering you have to be uh, over 18 or 16 in some of the states, then it means almost everyone who can drive a car in the US probably has one. 
And, and one of the things that really drove that home for me um, was during the, 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 the worst of the pandemic and the lockdowns, when so many Americans were, were reliant on food parcels, you weren't seeing people lining up in the street waiting to collect food parcels. They were lining up in their cars, driving down to depots, picking up food parcels because they couldn't afford food but their own cars. And similarly, <laughs> with a lot of the COVID testings, it's done via drive throughs So the switch for South Africa that I see us potentially looking to do is, is to take our 13 million vehicles, the, 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 the regular sort of road traffic ones. And unfortunately, South Africa is a terrible uh, um, uh, incidence of, of, of crashes, etc. So that's definitely not the way we want to go. But switch, for example, uh, urban rail, mostly electric anyway. So that's the first part, double down on that. And then start switching out all of the public transport buses. Because when you've got uh, all of those public fleets uh, taken care of with electric, you know, as they need to be replaced, replace them with electric, you start putting in the charging infrastructure for them, even potentially long distance bus routes where you can find options for high speed charging or being able to switch out batteries and you slowly start getting that sort of stuff going. Uh, then there's an opportunity for extra growth. And, and here Uganda might be uh, the, the, the option for us. They've got the, the Kira Estate uh, transport works there are busy building or assembling uh, all electric vehicles because as Kampala grew, it sort of clogged up its insufficient city streets with traffic, clogging it up, making a racket. And so by moving now to build electric vehicles, they at least get their air quality back and start investing in how to manage batteries. And then once the, the batteries are starting to be used for the buses, they can be used for, you know, storage for uh, renewable energy so they can start building out on yeah. the energy. Um, I mean, I, I wonder if we shouldn't be pushing for urban incentives for people to switch to electric cars. So you don't pay, you know, import duty on the vehicle. You don't pay VAT on the vehicle. You're not putting in petrol, so you're not paying any fuel tax on, on it. You um, you also wouldn't have to pay for e-tolls, perhaps. Imagine that. Nobody's paying for e-tolls anyway, so you're not giving away anything but you're making it legal for the electric vehicle owners not to pay e-tolls and you also then say right but the, here comes the cost you, we're going to calibrate your vehicle so that it can only drive at a certain speed so that you're not speeding about the place in a in a in a, in a petrol fired car maybe you know if you're going to be an urban driver and you want the urban incentive well, then you have your vehicle calibrated to a maximum of 80 kilometers an hour or something along those lines. You give a little as the vehicle owner and government gives you a whole lot back to incentivize better driving, slower driving and a greener option. It's crazy. And most of those ideas won't stand up to scrutiny. But, hey, I'm doing this on the fly. And Colin hates that so much, he's gone quiet on me, which is fine. Colin Cullis with Business Unusual. I wasn't cutting him off. I was just, it was really a question to Colin. But anyway, um, he doesn't like my idea, so he's not going to respond. Business Unusual brought to you by Workforce Staffing. South Africa needs flexibility and adopting a gig economy could be our turning point in lowering the unemployment rate. Visit workforcestaffing.co.za now. Select your industry and they'll work with you to create a more agile future for your business and a more secure future for our country.